Okay, here we go. Another edition of the Rough Draft Podcast. We are back for episode number three in our second season of the show. Um, in this show, we are going to talk a little about free agency review and our top five running backs in the class, and then just probably just talk about just whatever we want to. Some pro day stuff happened over the past couple of days, which is great, and uh, some buzz. Some trades have happened uh, in the league, which could shake up the draft. So that's always great. Um, Ken, Andy, how are you guys? Great, fantastic. Happy to be here with a mic that you know works, doesn't echo, and hopefully we can have some football convo. It was a great time. No technical difficulties. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope so. Ken, your uh, your team made a trade the past uh, week. They moved up from six to three. How do you feel about it? Uh, I'm just happy about it because I know. Finally, I can have a little comfort in knowing that Saquon Barkley's your guy. Then let's not even start. You got Rosen, Allen, Darnold, whoever, whoever the hell is left at that spot. Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. Listen, can you please not make me cry before the draft? At least on draft day, I'll hate everything they do. But for now, let me just not have to worry about it. I oftentimes when I want to actually change up my humor and stop laughing at myself when Eli Apple. Uh, Got drafted by the Giants, and I watched that video. Don't say I, one word about Hackenberg. I tend to, no, I actually tend to watch the one where Jamal Adams got picked by the Jets, and the the pick was leaked, and Kenny just starts flipping out at ESPN. So this you'll be watching it on Fox at my house because that happened also this weekend. Uh, just kidding. We'll have it on NFL Network and ESPN. But uh, yeah, so the Jets pulled off a, a good trade, and I think it was definitely a smart move. Um, a buddy of mine actually wrote an article about it, and I think. Uh, he made some good points. I think it was one of those things that the Jets just really needed to do. They needed to stop missing out on guys, taking a guy in the second round, you know, who had question marks. Um, you know, a guy like Hackenberg, like you talked about, all jokes aside, like, yeah, he was a second-round pick, but, you know, there's a lot of issues with Christian Hackenberg. You know, it's definitely – with these guys, it's a little less of a question mark. However, I would say – I don't know how you guys feel about it, but at number three, if Josh Allen's the guy, if that's who they end up going with, I think that would be rough. For me, if I was a Jet fan, to swallow that. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I I honestly disagree. I think you have to make the move just because I think any of the three can pan out. Obviously, I think two are no-brainers at this point after seeing all of their film and some pro day stuff and however else you wanted to uh, assess those guys. And obviously, Allen's a question mark, but I think he's – He's more positive than he is negative. He's shown he can make adjustments that actual coaches, other than the Wyoming, like people who don't even know what's really going on over there. They didn't even have a football program. It amazes me. Like that guy couldn't, didn't really improve all that much in, in college with all of the skills that he had. And it just goes to show, like, as soon as he got out of school and a couple, Coaches told him how to adjust certain things, and all of a sudden he made those adjustments and was much more accurate. Yeah, like you tell me they couldn't figure that out at Wyoming. Yeah, so it just—I think the future is very bright for him, just because it shows he can adjust to what he's very coachable. He can adjust to what he's being told to, basically like how he had to fix his his feet, like wider stance and get more upright stuff, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that that continues for the rest of his career so that it can actually be positive and not be a, a Jets pick that 
doesn't pan out once again. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Sam Darnold, he had his pro day in the torrential downpours uh, yesterday. And Josh Allen, I mean, no one talks about him. He's got to throw an altitude. So that's tough. And people forget about that. So I don't know. Hey, you never know. Uh, the climate is obviously a factor. But, um, no, I, you know, we look at uh, pro days. You know, you see a lot of coaches there. Bill Belichick, Andy, has been at a ton of pro days I've seen lately. The man is a traveling uh, machine. He's been at every pro day, and uh, it's been interesting. I I find it interesting also what the Patriots have been doing in free agency, or lack thereof, I should say. Uh, what do you think about the Pats and their moves in free agency to kind of set themselves up? Yeah, so definitely not free agency. It's not off rough. Obviously, Malcolm Butler was going to be gone. Amendola, you can't resign for that type of bigger money as a fourth wideout. But the big one, obviously, was your Giants getting Nate Solder. Uh, some Pats fans are split, but the, when he's healthy, he's a stud. He's limited pretty much everyone on his side the second half of the year once he was fully to go. I think he's an awesome left tackle. and It'll be tough to fill the void, but when you have the best O-line coach in football, it's kind of you. I think they'll fix that. And then I did like what they did on defense especially with Danny Shellen and Claybo- Adrian Claiborne. We got ran over in the Super Bowl, and we can really generate pass for us. So hopefully Shelton will help in the run game. Claiborne can apply some heat. And Jason McCourty, I'm not sure if he'll decline because of his age, but I think he will be an upgrade over Rowe, so I did like that. But left tackle is going to be a problem. Hopefully they can mitigate it with Waddle, and we'll see what's up. But I did like the moves they made on defense. Yeah, now do you think a guy like uh, Marcus Cannon is is definitely out now? Um, bringing back Waddle, there's been kind of not that much talk about. Um, no, I'm sorry, not Cannon. Uh, Fleming, uh, Cam Fleming. Is, do you think he's on his way out now that all that's happened and not much chatter about him? Yeah, good one. Uh, personally, I think I think he has to be out just because I think he could command like three to four million a year. I think he's pretty good right tackle, and I know he visited the Cowboys. They want to move uh, Collins inside. I'd yeah. be surprised if he signed it. It'd have to be for cheap especially because we have Cannon on money, Waddle, and you draft the Garcia, and you might draft another guy. I think Fleming's on his way out. Yeah, I mean, Garcia, to me, is actually was a pretty decent prospect last year. Uh, definitely much better than McDermott, who they also drafted. Uh, we talked about last uh, last show uh, as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree. You know, I think Solder is obviously a big loss. Amendola, like you said, I think he got a lot of money that I think obviously the Pats weren't expecting, uh, nor were a lot of people. Uh, that was definitely an interesting one. Um, I actually like the Jeremy Hill signing. I think Jeremy Hill, um, believe it or not, could actually do some things for the Pats, especially on the goal line. Um, I, I think he's he kind of had a really bad situation in uh, Cincinnati. It was like, uh, you know, they brought in. I mean, he played in Cincinnati. That's a bad oh, situation. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? What did I say? Not what did I say. Did I say Cincinnati? Did I say something else? No, no I'm saying who doesn't have a bad time there? Oh, yeah. We were both saying well, Cincinnati had, just right. sucks. Cincinnati sucks. Yeah. Joe Mixon, <laughs> you know, they brought him in last year. Um, and then, of course, they had Gio Bernard, and he never really—I felt like he never got a fair um, shake with things over there. So I think, of course, the pa- the Patriots not only do they do a great job of developing offensive linemen, but they do a great job of developing the running back position, as we've seen over the years. So Jeremy Hill, I think, is a really good signing for them. Um, but yeah, talking, moving on to the Giants real quick uh, with free agency. You know, they made the trade for Alec Ogletree as well, which I really, really liked. Um, they needed that leader on defense. Um, Andy, you talked about it. Nate Solder was the guy. Um, some huge. people thought that uh, him and Norwell were both going to go to the Giants, and they were really going to try to push for both of those guys. Um, unfortunately, Norwell you know, didn't go to Jacksonville, but I was okay with that because I think it ended up helping them do more um, with, with less, if that makes sense. Um, Solder, I think, like you said, is a stud. 
He's a guy that I like how they came out too and said Eric Flowers, basically see you later. Um, it's about damn time that they said that. That's what I like about Gettleman. He's no nonsense and just kind of like you're here, you're gonna play. If not, we don't want you. Um, so he, I think he's an obviously a great pickup. Um, you know, Kareem Martin, uh, who's a player coming up, who's getting you know getting better every year. Really started flashing towards the end of the season and fits obviously that defense. That's a, a big pattern the Giants have been doing, bringing in guys who are familiar. Jonathan Stewart, familiar with Shula and and the system that um, Shermer is going to run. So goal line back, veteran presence for a guy if they were to draft, uh, let's say, Saquon Barkley. Um, who knows? Um, but Giants also cut ties with some players. They traded Jason Pierre-Paul, which was awesome today, actually breaking news. And they cut uh, Dwayne Harris finally, so freed up another almost $3 million in cap space. Um Ken, I'll get to the Jets in one second with free agency, but talk about JPP for a quick second. I thought it was a great trade. He never really fit the defensive system that Betcher was going to run there. Um, he he really commanded about I think his cap hit was nineteen million to twenty million over the next two years. So it's quite a bit of money when you could pay a guy like Odell, especially an aging defensive end who isn't fitting your system, who underproducing. Um, some people will be like, well, he had eight and a half sacks, a great bounce back year, three of which were against Billy Martin, uh, Billy Turner, excuse me, Billy Turner from the uh, the Denver Broncos last year. So it's not, not nothing to write home about. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what they'll do. Picked up a couple of extra picks, a little higher up in the, the order. So I was happy about that. Um, and, uh, Ken, what about those Jets? They're pretty, pretty active. Missed out on Hackenberg, but they uh, – not Hackenberg, my God. What am I saying? Cousins, but they uh, – they got they got another Vikings quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I personally think that that whole three quarterback BS going into training camp is just going to be. You have your rookie, you have McCown, you have Bridgewater, and one of them is essentially going to be out. And I think that's Bridgewater is going to be the uh, he's going to draw the short straw. Obviously, very cheap contract, so I think it's kind of just doing doing some due diligence, giving them a shot, see if he can play in camp. You mean McCown's getting up there. So even if they hold on to him, but that's nothing more than just seeing if he can play. There's really nothing, uh, not much guaranteed there. So I, I'm fine with that. I, I didn't like it, but I don't mind it because it is so cheap. Right. I, I addressed in past shows that we needed a, a cornerback and obviously we went out and did Got that. A pretty damn good one. I'm, I definitely mm-hmm. can't complain there. I, I originally actually thought that we were going to go and get Butler, but I'm actually happier with uh, Tremaine Johnson. I, I just think he's just obviously an all-around better cornerback. I think he's a better fit for their defense too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Butler's I, – I don't know. I feel like he's he's not someone that can, can go lock down anybody. We've seen him struggle with some bigger receivers, and I uh, I mean I was happy with any cornerback, but I definitely like their, their signing there. Uh, Crowell, it's it kind of just didn't make sense to me, but I know we needed a running back, but he's not exactly a uh, elite. He's elite. Okay, whatever you say, Mister Alabama recruit, Crowell fantasy guy over there in the in the uh, peanut gallery. Goal line back, big goal line back. Actually, I'd be interested to see um, if potentially they try to see if they can move uh, Bilal Powell maybe on draft day for a mid late round pick. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, that'd be interesting to me. Um, and they also picked up uh, – actually, I like the Jets' pickup of Avery Williamson. I, I love a, that pick. 
really yeah, good pickup. Yeah, he's gonna be plug and play, three down linebacker. Absolutely, helping them run D. Listen, our defense wasn't really obviously our issue to an extent. I like the the pieces that we filled. I knew we we need knew we needed cornerbacks, and and I think filling that uh, that linebacker role is just another piece that's about the QB. Wanted to just get that out of the way. Didn't want to have to worry too much about defense and to be able to focus and build build the offense that the Jets really need, follow, building off of whatever quarterback they get at three. Right. So they'll be able to adjust and, and draft accordingly. So I, I like all the moves, and at least there's a there's finally a future in, in sight for the Jets fans that we haven't had in quite some time now. So looking yeah. looking positive. So beautiful. Uh, one one thing that uh, is interesting for the Jets going into the draft now is the tight end position. Uh, is one thing I would definitely look to keep an eye on. Maybe they bring in a veteran too in free agency, like a Mercedes Lewis. Um, you know, I think he would be a good option. Um, but uh, you know, a couple other spots that they need to to fill in, maybe on the offensive line. You know, they brought in a center and Spencer Long too. Yep. So uh, a couple good moves by the Jets. Obviously, they have money to spend. Maybe uh, Alan Hearns comes in. Free agency. I know he's got to visit with them in the upcoming days, so that would be I'd good if they could uh, ink him to a deal. Yeah, for sure. I, I would Our wide receivers are uh, everything but pretty much. They're they're a shit show right now. We yeah. have we have one guy who doesn't know if he can, you know, stay out of jail. Another guy who we don't know if he's even going to be coming back in a noon one with injuries. And I've heard a lot of lot of crap around him recently. So Chad Hansen. What was that? Chad Hansen. What was yeah, that? He was, I don't he really was, want to listen. He was Jared Goff's guy. People forget that. He was Jared Goff's guy at, yeah, uh, at great. Cal. So. Great. Yeah, we'll take him and pair him with, you know, Devin Smith and have a field day with our our, our receiver right. pick. So, No, I, I get it. They need an X wide out, and yep. then I actually do like the offense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's, it's like I said, it's looking, looking up for the first time in a while, and it would have been nice to if they would have just thrown a, a ton of money at, at A-Rob, but, I mean – all in all, it didn't happen. So we have to have to move forward. I, I agree. Getting the tight yeah. end, I actually am curious to see how how Leggett plays. Yeah, people say about him. I really liked him coming out of college, coming out of Clemson. I, I thought he was a. I thought he was gonna. I love the pick, honestly, when they took him, and it was something yeah. that I'm hoping that maybe now, maybe if he'd take another rookie here and see if just kind of let them play it out, battle it out, and grow with the system, I think wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and they, they have the other Clemson kid, Sharon Peak, too, another receiver. Yep. Uh, you can ask Andy. I've, I've loved I Peak's one of those Peak's one of the guys that I've had. Uh, him and Anunma were like two of my favorite guys for a while. Andy is dying over there in Massachusetts. Just absolutely cracking up. What's so funny? Jets just need a real wide out across Robbie Anderson and Anunna. I think I, I actually think the Allen Robinson signing by uh by Chicago is great. I mean you need uh, it. You great need to, you, yeah, you I mean you really need to you needed to give Kevin White a number two receiver because he's the alpha there. He's the guy. And Burton, right? Has he actually ever has he actually ever played a snap in Chicago? He's I mean like, what a disaster huh. pick that was. Um but I did want to touch on quick. Uh if we are, if we just want to like do a big surprise, like a team that did well and like a, a move that made you scratch your head, I just think sure. the Bears, I think the Bears hit it out of the park. Honestly, from hiring Nagy as their head coach and Mark Helfrich from Oregon as offensive coordinator, yeah, I love that. And then the whole offense is retooled: A. Rob, Burton, Taylor, Gabriel for the speed, yeah. and 
they just retooled the whole offense around um, Trubisky, giving him a shot. You know that Andy Reid, uh, Doug Peterson type offense. Don't remind me of it. But and I love the Bears defense as is. So I think they they have a chance to really make a leap. I loved what they did. Yeah, I agree with that uh, for sure. I think one team that sticks out to me, uh, a couple things. One team that sticks out to me for sure is the um, the Green Bay Packers uh, finally spending some money in free agency. Um, so, you know, they traded Demarius Randall, but they ended up getting Jimmy Graham, Muhammad Wilkerson on a $5 million deal for a season. I mean, that's not too bad. Um, you know, they have to obviously bring in some uh, defensive back depth, um, <laughs> but but they're, they're honestly not in a bad spot as far as that goes. Another team that hasn't really done much is the Cowboys. Um, interested to see what they're going to do, especially with Dez moving forward. Um, and uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles just keep getting richer. They just signed Mike Wallace to a $2.5 million deal. He's better than Torrey Smith, who they traded for Daryl Worley, who's a pretty good upgraded corner for them. Uh, obviously, Michael Bennett. I mean, they're just – honestly, they're just getting stronger. And Haloti Nada on a one-year deal. Um it feels oh, no. like Howie Roseman's just spending like he's uh, Richie Rich over there. So they're having a blast over there. We'll yeah. see in a couple of years, you know, the cap, but that team. Yeah, that'll be that'll time. be a disaster. And you're right with that. Yeah. And then building for now. Fair. Sammy Watkins, 16 million a year. I just I'm not a fan of the player. I think you could get a receiver for six million that does what he does. I, I didn't like him in the Rams. They they always make an excuse he's getting double covered, whether it's the Bills or the Rams. He just doesn't produce, and I want to know your thoughts on that because a lot of people were like, the Chiefs got a new wide out. They spent like – he's like the second highest paid receiver in football. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Like, to me, I think it's a weird overpay. I think he actually will do well just because I think people will almost forget about him um, in a way, I think, because they have Kelsey and then they have, you know, of course, Tyreek Hill, um, you know, Kareem Hunt. You know, so I think I think he's going to be kind of overlooked, and I think that's kind of how he kind of blossomed a little bit in LA because he wasn't always the go-to guy. They had Gurley, you know, they had Robert Woods, and they had other options to go to. When he was with Buffalo, I mean, he was the number two pick, right? I believe number two overall when he came uh, into the league. Yeah, I believe so. Right, and he was the guy. They had really no one else to throw the ball to, and he was kind of getting screwed, you know. Um, I think the offense fits him, but I think it was an overpay for sure. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, interesting. Ken, what do you think? No, I agree. I just, we might not know exactly what, uh, Sammy Watkins has been able to do until this year. I'm not a huge fan of him. And I actually think that it turned into the Rams actually having a, a good off season. I think they, I really liked what they did. I know they lost. Obviously, oh yeah. The Jets got, uh, Jermaine Johnson, but they were able to go out and kind of piece together, obviously getting Peters and all that. They were able to piece together that secondary. Yep. And I think they really built on, instead of taking one big contract, they were able to, or whether it was Watkins or whatever, they were able to to really build that team even more. And now if they can... If they get Sue? Yeah, that's 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 kind of like the the hammer. If they, can, if they can sign Sue, I think that that just caps off, I think, a a really amazing offseason for them and put them in a spot where they can – I mean, uh, they showed you know, what they could do last year, but it can even grow from there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, uh, I mean, it's definitely – some teams have been super active. Some teams have been not so active. Um, 
rightly so, or maybe, you know, wrongly, they should be more active. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see what definitely happens. Uh, of course, one team that made a ton of moves that holds the number one pick in the draft was the Cleveland Browns. They brought in Jarvis Landry and Tyrod Taylor. Um, so that's definitely interesting to me. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry is actually going to do really, really well there. I think Tyrod Taylor can do very well there. Um, but it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see what certain teams do and, and um, how quiet certain teams have been. I think that that's it's kind of weird to me to see teams like, you know, the Cowboys who haven't really signed anybody. I mean, I don't, I can't think of like who the Chargers may have signed, anyone like that. Um, they got so, uh, Mike Pouncey, but that was pretty late in the process. Yeah, because after he was released too, you know. Yeah, um, that's a good roster. So yeah, it's just it's interesting to see how different teams are going to yeah, retool. Um, so yeah, um, so jumping into running backs, baby, top five running backs. So this is probably one of the deepest running back class classes, excuse me, that I can remember. And as every analyst will say, this year has a generational talent at the top of it. Every um, yeah, every year there's a there's always a. We were, I was talking about that uh, today actually with somebody. And we were saying, like, oh, this guy's a generational talent. But, you know, there happens to be a generational talent in every draft. So is that person really generational? I don't I don't get it. But, uh, yeah, top five running backs. Ken, kick uh, it off. I started with the quarterback, so I'll, I'll let uh, – you want to pass it to All Andy right, and we'll kind of Andy. rotate so that I'm not yes. starting every time and yes. you're not dragging behind every time. Yes, yes. And since the lovely listeners this time don't have to hear my echo, I think uh, we should go one each. So that's a better way to have a discussion, maybe. Sure. sure. So, yeah, starting at number five for me, I haven't projected mid-second round is Sonny Michelle, uh, Georgia running back. Um, I have him compared to Duke Johnson. And a similar player, I just think he'll enter the league as a satellite back, great receiver, can give you some run on the inside-outside. Doesn't really have the explosion, in my opinion, on uh, tape that uh, Alvin Kamara does. He had some comparisons before the combine there. Uh, but I think he's just going to be a great all-around running back, especially in today's passing league. He'll be on the field. He'll be the guy that you can dump the ball off to, run run the route tree, but also offer you some running ability, more so than, like, say, a James White. And mm-hmm. I think I think he's a great second-round pick for a team. I'm not sure. He can't be a bell cow, but like you said, these satellite backs are really emerging with McCaffrey, Duke Johnson. You go down the list, Kamara, they're very important. Right. Agreed. All right, I'm up. Number five. Uh, I have his, uh, his pal at UGA. Uh, I have Chubb, not Bradley, but Nick Chubb, um, guy who his first couple years, you know, even behind Todd Gurley, and then when he became the guy right before he got hurt, people thought he was going to be a top five pick in the draft. Um, obviously, he got hurt. His story coming back is awesome. Um, you know, I like him. He's a powerful back, but he did really tend to fall off because of Michelle, and I think that that will end up being his role. I don't really see him as a feature back in the league. Um, I see him and I comp him to Ahmad Bradshaw, to be honest with you. Tough, small, low to the ground, like bowling ball type runner. Um, he'll be in the goal line. He'll, you know, he could take a couple, you know, he could catch the ball. He could, he can do anything, I think, personally, but I don't think he's going to be a bell cow running back. Um, and I think his, his fit and his comp to me is Ahmad Bradshaw. So that's my number five, uh, Nick Chubb, UGA. I, I actually have the same, uh, Number five is you have Nick Chubb at, at five. Uh, I just feel like there's a reason that obviously Gurley was a, a stud, but 
there's a reason that he keeps slowly getting passed over, whether it's injuries or whatever the case may be. He isn't the the main guy except for that whatever that was for that half a year or whatever. Right. So to me, it's it's tough to really put him higher than five just because I, I can't necessarily trust him to take on that that lead back role like you were saying. Right. I know he tested extremely well at the combine. Right. But it's just something to me that like you have Michelle who, like Andy said, kind of like a satellite guy, but yet he was able to he took more snaps and or right. had a bigger role, however you want to look at it. And to me that was just that's why I can't put him any higher than five, but I do think he's gonna be like a, a guy that just kind of sustains in the league and yeah. someone that I've actually seen uh, a comp there that I found kind of interesting, but don't necessarily disagree with is Alfred Morris. Yep. Who I think would, it's very, very similar to like your type with Bradshaw, you were saying. So kind of has that similarity to it, but I agree uh, with Nick Chubb at five. All right. Wow. There we go. Kenny and I agree. So um, bring it back for number four, Ken. What do you got? Number four. Number four. All right. So number four, I'll uh, go with a little teammate of Sam Darnold, going uh, Ronnie, Ronald, Ronnie Jones, Ronald Jones. Uh, I think he's going to be the second, the second. Ronald Jones is second. Of course, who yeah, else? Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't take anyone else. No, yeah. no just got to be Ronald Jones second. You don't want to take his dad. No, definitely not. But anyway, so I think he's he's someone that he's extremely explosive, and I think he fits in today's NFL just extremely, yeah. extremely well. I think he's going to be a player that I'm, you saw what Kamara did last year, and it just kind of opened the eyes to a lot of teams who are going to want to take similar players to him, whether it's yeah. Michelle or, or, like I said, Ronald Jones here. And that's someone that I think he's just going to be able to explode in the passing game. And I really see him, if he can stay healthy, I know he, he tweaked his hamstring or whatever that was or cramps or whatever at the at the combine, but I think he's going to be someone that, he can step in day one. He will absolutely have a, a big role on any team. So yeah. I have him at four. Yeah. Well, I ironically also have him at four. I feel like we may have the same top five. Uh -oh. um, but uh, yeah, Ronald Jones, I like his feet. I like his, I like everything that he does. Honestly, I like his power. Um, I, th I just like his quickness, everything about him. He reminds me of Kareem Hunt, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I see he, he kind of brings a little of everything to the table. He's definitely an all purpose back. Um, I could see him fitting in a lot of different systems. Um, I like him a lot. I think he, um, you know, he. I think he, his best football will be ahead of him in the league, and I could definitely see him emerging as a, a back that is with a veteran at first, and then he ends up taking over that role, kind of like a Derrick Henry in Tennessee uh, in that sense, um, or even like an Alvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram kind of thing right. um, like you talked about. So, yeah, uh, Ronald Jones, also my number four running back this year. Andy? Yeah, my number four running back projected mid-second, uh, just above Sonny Michelle is Rashad Penny out of San Diego State. Uh, when I watch him, the system worried me at first because you had that kid last year drafted by the Eagles, didn't really do anything, didn't even play. And I know they produced massive yards, but then I watched him, especially versus Stanford, and it was him versus the world, and he gutted them to a win. Great vision, maybe the best vision in the class. I really love that. He burst the hole. He's not the most powerful runner for a 220-pound back, but uh, I definitely would compare him to Jordan Howard if he didn't have brick hands in the NFL. So a Jordan Howard that can definitely catch the ball, I think would be a very useful running back, potential three-down player. I'm a big Penny fan. I think that a team in the second round can definitely get a steal in a sense. And he might not be a pro bowler, but he'll be that guy every year that's 
top eight to 12 at his position, and you'll be happy with him. Okay. Wow. So we got Rashad Penny. To be honest with you, Rashad Penny for me is tied for fifth with Nick Chubb, but I'll give Chubb the edge just because I feel like he has a little bit more experience. Um, and I feel like San Diego State is just – I don't know, something about them. I know yeah. they had Danelle Pumphrey last year who people were super high on, same situation, went to the Eagles. I think, like you just touched on too, and he didn't really do much. Um, not saying it's the same situation, but I just feel like maybe the level of competition and that that you know conference with the defense. Um, I do like him, though. I, I do, and I just think Nick Chubb may see a little bit more uh, uh, of competition and defenses, so that's why he gives I give him the slight edge. But uh, – that's definitely interesting. So we got we're on to number three. Um, yeah. So for three, this is where you start getting into the running backs that really separate themselves. These are the guys I view as the bell cows, the star running backs, all with Pro Bowl potential. And that's Darius Geis at three, which could be a surprise. To some he's usually two for most people. I, I see him as Marshawn Lynch, just your typical power running back with speed and just plays so angry. He just he runs over people. He, he always wants an extra four or five yards. I love that in his ability. His athleticism testing wasn't as quite as explosive I thought it'd be, and I'm not sure he has the breakaway speed. That, like, is super impressive, but he's a different back than his teammate Fournette. He definitely has more side-to-side ability, and I think he can catch better. And just as Beast Mode was an underrated receiver, and I think he's going to get drafted in the first round. I think Detroit could use him big time. I know they got blunt, but give me a break. Yeah. I, I like Geist a lot, and I think there's some people who absolutely love him and have him above Barkley, which I don't see, but he has a lot of fans. He'll have a good career. I could see him as a Pro Bowl running back. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I like I like Darius Geis. Um, my number three running back is Sony Michelle uh, out of UGA. Um, I think his emergence just goes to show you his best football is definitely ahead of him, and he's he's peaking at the right time, if that makes sense. He's ascending at the, the right time. Um, especially just the way his game goes. Like you said, he can kind of do it all. Um, he runs a little high, in my opinion, but I actually comp him to uh, Darren McFadden the way he runs um, because of that. Um, he can bring, you know, he can bring his shoulder down and hit you. He can move laterally. Uh, he can catch. He can kind of do it all. But yeah, Darren McFadden for me is is his comp. I like Sony Michelle. Um, and, and I could see him, you know, I could see him on a team. Like you said, like the Lions, um, you know, something like that. So for me, I think Sony Michelle is going to be um, a really good back in this league. I could see him making a couple of Pro Bowls um, and being a, a future star. So I got Sony Michelle, number three. And as as we probably expected here, um, I'm going to follow in your footsteps. Royce Freeman. No. No. I actually obviously have Sony Michelle at three wow. as well. You guys I, love each other. This wasn't planned. I promise you guys, I generally don't see things very similar to Matt. So it's uh, this is kind of coming as a shock to both of us. But you both kind of hit the nail on the head talking about Sonny Michelle. So I don't want to uh, take too much time. Beat a dead horse. So yeah, Sonny Michelle at three, same thing. Uh, and I'll I'll move right to two. All right, keep it easy. Uh, at two is actually where I have guys. I think this is a guy that he's going to just prove himself over and over again in this league. I think he's going to be a workhorse. Uh, Andy mentioned uh, Marshawn Lynch, and that was actually one of the guys that I definitely kind of comped him with. I, I agree, but he has a similar uh, style. 
I know, obviously, I think he's going to be much better, but like a Ryan Matthews type where he's just going to come at you. He's not going to shy away. That's a he's good gonna, comp. What was yeah, that? That's about a good Ryan. comp. When he was healthy, he was very good. I like that comp. Yeah, that's what – so, like, I know, obviously, he hasn't had a great career, but I think Geis is going to be someone that he can kind of follow in that type of role, and he's going to be the the enforcer in most most collisions. So I think that's going to be something he's going to prove himself literally, I think, every game from the moment he's drafted. So I think if there wasn't Saquon Barkley in this draft, Geis would be yeah easily number one. But yeah. It is. There is that other guy, and I think you um you hit the nail on the head, Ken, because uh, you know LSU puts out some pretty good running backs. Um, they kind of always have. Um, they always do pretty well. Their game translates being in a pro style system for the most part. Um, Darius guys, he runs angry. He he. But the funniest thing about it is, like you said, he's not the biggest guy in the world. Um, like he doesn't look like a bowling ball. He doesn't look like a Marshawn Lynch. Um, to me, I actually he reminds me of uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, to be honest with you, uh, the way he runs, um, especially his body type, um, and, and a guy who was there at LSU, he's a faster version, I think, of Jeremy Hill. Um, so I like the way he runs. He runs angry. Um, he doesn't have the breakaway speed or the agility, the quick twitch muscle fibers, if you will, of uh, Saquon Barkley, but not too many people do. Um, but, yeah, Darius Geis, I think, is going to be a, a stud in the league, to be honest with you. He'll he'll be uh, he'll be pretty good and um, like I said I think I could see him having that Dalvin Cook like ability and season if Dalvin Cook didn't get hurt I think that's what you're looking at for Darius Geis so uh, numero uno Andy who you got let me guess number two number two oh, number two for you I'm sorry I tell you so yeah this, this comes as a surprise he's uh he's been one of my guys for years in the combine solidified it I'm fine riding with this guy uh, Nick Chubb as my number two running back mid first round guy. I just here's the deal with him. Before the injury in 2015, he was better than Todd Gurley. He was you can make an argument he was better than Saquon. Then he gets hurt next year, only five yards of carry, very underwhelming. You wonder how far his stock falls. He stays for his senior year, and then last year his athleticism came back, and you could see it. His burst wasn't quite there, but he definitely made a big improvement. Incredible leg strength, battering ram. Yeah. And then at the combine, he tests in the 98th percentile, and I just I think his second year removed from the injury, he'll his game will get back to what it was. And I know people are kind of considering him as just a power back, but when he gets to the edge, he actually does haul very fast. And I, I'm comparing him to Corey Dillon, kind of a throwback, but just a power back that can catch the ball and also just great vision. He's definitely shorter than Corey Dillon, but yeah. I see him as a potential multi-pro bowl running back, and I'll be rooting for him whatever team he goes to and draft yeah. in fantasy. Except the Jets, if he goes to the Jets. A great fit for the Jets, too, but yeah, yes. I'll root for him anyway. All right, so who do we – Who do anyone uh, – anyone a big uh, number one guy want to go first? Because I'm pretty sure we all have the same guy, just like yeah. everyone else. Number one, on Johnson out of Auburn. Just Good great call. Vision. Yep. Great vision. I love his stutter step. Reminds me of Bel- – okay, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Saquon Barkley, what's there to say? He's the greatest athlete at the position ever. That's not a subjective statement. All the – Combine testing. He he had like sixty receptions with a quarterback who throws like a clown. I'm not a fan of <laughs> Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley. I'm sorry, Ken. I don't know if you like him, but so next so next ep- next episode we're going to be doing top five quarterbacks for next year, and I bet you Trace McSorley <laughs> is not on the list. I just, I'm actually not quite as sold on Saquon as a runner, but I just think he's such a freaking stud athlete and a great receiver. 
I think he's going to be David Johnson with upside for more. He's just the way the NFL is going with the receiving game. He's going to be a cheat code, and whether he becomes an elite runner between the tackles, I won't think it will matter. He's the number one running back. I definitely, obviously, agree. And I sit there and I watch Saquon Barkley highlights at night as a Giants fan at number two because I'm like exciting. Yeah, it's 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 exciting when they don't take exactly right. And now that will happen. And you guys know my reaction with that. It'll definitely be the case. Um, so I just keep thinking about what would be um, save your aging quarterback, my God. Uh, but no, Saquon Barkley. I, I don't even have a comp for the guy to be completely honest with you because I just don't. I just don't see it. I mean, his lower half of his body is stronger than anyone I've seen. Uh, if you ever see the run that he the, the catch and run that he had against, I think Indiana, where he one hands it on a screen, he stops and starts on a penny. And he takes off and goes like zero to sixty. I'm slightly bigger than a dime. I think, yeah, just a little. He's not. It's not on a dime. He's on a penny. Um, no, I, he he's just he's incredible, man. He really is. And then, like you said, Andy, um, I don't know what he he will do as a runner, but okay. his receiving ability. I think he's going to be one of the most durable running backs to come out uh, in a long time. Um, he does sacrifice his body quite a bit. Uh, that's one criticism I do have of the guy, but I think because of his durability and his strength, hopefully that can hold up in the NFL. Um, but you never know. Um, that could be the one negative about Saquon for sure, uh, if you want to point one out. But you're right. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's the best athlete at the position that personally I've ever seen. So Yeah, the same um, with me. So. I mean, there's, it's not even close. So – uh, I, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't think of a comp because I think Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley, and I, he's interesting. So, Ken? Uh, yeah, there's really not much more to say. Uh, the the guy is, you say a generational talent. You guys made fun of it earlier, but he actually might be the generational talent yeah. just because of his sheer athleticism and just his ability with what we don't even like. I'm sure he's going to do things that we haven't seen him even do yet when right. he gets to the NFL and he's going to amaze us over and over again. Um, it's a high comp, but for someone that everyone says is a generational talent, I've actually seen, especially because of the passing game uh, is, is Marshall Falk. Wow. I like it. Yeah. I mean, if that's, that's his upside. I like that. That's, comp. that's what I'm saying. That's his upside. And if everyone's saying he, if his he upside's is a hall of fame player, so if he's can't. as great as everybody says, which it seems that it, he might be, I mean, he kind of fits that role, so that's where I'm kind of sitting. I have a hot take. No hot takes allowed. Only cold takes. So this is a really cold take at <laughs> at uh, hot takes exposed or cold takes exposed. Um, I think Saquon Barkley, if his career pans out to obviously be a, a good career, he ends up you know Pro Bowls, All Pro, whatever. I think he will be a top five all time running back. Okay, I, I really do. Um, if he goes anywhere but the Giants. That's probably what will happen. If he goes to the Giants, he'll be the biggest bust since Trent Richardson. So, uh, at the position. But, uh, no, I, I think he's a uh, can't-miss guy. Um, I, I, what's your guys' take on a lot of people have one criticism of him, just to jump into the next thing, too, with pro days. Um, a couple pro days happen. He did not participate in the pro day. What do you guys think about that? Do he, does, he doesn't have to. Uh, I, I don't care. I like, how, I like how he ran routes for teams that asked. Like that. That's like what's more important. Like I don't, I don't see what his his combine testing is the best of all time. So he doesn't have to do drills and like what like simulating running. I don't know. Like 
He has nothing. He has nothing to prove in that aspect. No, I like, agree. Everything is out on him. You're not going to learn anything from a, a simulated running drill in a pro day that you haven't seen already, or you can't just kind of take from whatever it is. I mean, the guy tested off the charts. So, one question I do uh, want to segue to Barkley. This is for both of you. Sure, I agree. He's awesome, but I I put a lot of emphasis on the receiving game. I would say. Would you guys take Barkley or Fournette, Gurley, and Elliott as a better runner between the tackles? I think he's the, actually the worst runner, but he's just such a better receiver than those three. That's how I see it. I, you, I, you know what? That's funny because I was going to bring that point up. It, it lost my, in my mind. I was just going to say I think he is definitely the best receiving back compared to like Leonard Fournette coming out. You're like, all right, maybe that's his weakness. You know, you didn't really see Ezekiel Elliott really catch the ball ever at Ohio State. You know, Todd Gurley maybe a little bit, but not like those always you always focus on their running ability. And yes, you focus on Saquon's running ability, but his receiving is almost like reminds me of like a Shane Vereen the way he's so smooth with it. And it's it's the, unique. The the only thing that I would say with regards to his running ability is in college he he could literally like even if his running ability like his vision was garbage. And Which all, is not, I'm not saying, but yeah. No, 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 I know. But I'm saying even if it was, yeah, his athleticism, he was that much better than everyone where even if he made a mistake, he it didn't matter. So I'm, I'm wondering if that kind of catches up to him in the NFL and maybe he has to – he finally has to learn. He, maybe he didn't care to learn how to, like, read a play. I mean, I know it's more natural. Instinct, more athletic and just relying on his but athletic he just, ability. Yeah, but maybe yeah. he'll have to bear down and actually, you know, like, learn and study and trying to figure out how he's going to approach it because he can't get away with what he got away with in college in the NFL. So I'm curious right. to see how that plays out. Yeah, I could see that. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. So we had Sam Darnold's pro day uh, in the pouring rain. Um, did pretty well. I thought I watched it. I thought he did pretty well, made all the throws. Um, of course, scripted, which he knew about, but um there's talk, obviously, that Cleveland will probably take him at one. Jimmy Haslam, their owner, took his parents out to dinner. And, yep. you know, I, do you think it's smoke? Do you think it's legit? How do you think he did on his pro day? What are your thoughts? Uh, pro day-wise, I was definitely impressed, accuracy-wise. His his wind-up will be what it is. I'm not a fan, but – Yeah. Like Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers, thank you. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. It won't it won't limit him because the rest of his game's good. And I think, I think it isn't smoke. It's fire. They have the number one pick. They don't have to hide anything. And I just think Sam Donald fits what the Browns kind of need. A stable, level head, quiet, like, leader personified. And I, I like what they've built offensively. You mentioned Landry. I think when Sam had Juju Smith, he was awesome. And I think that's that's a great fit with uh, Donald. And I think that is the pick. I just can't see them liking Josh Rosen in an interview. I'm a I'm Rosen's biggest fan. I think all the crap about him being a leader is garbage. But I, I could see him coming off as kind of arrogant, cocky in an interview. And the Browns. I feel like that new uh, John Dorsey guy's serious, and yeah, Donald can stabilize the franchise. I think that's what's happening. I agree with that. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, he impressed me at his pro day. I mean, he literally waited to throw in the pouring rain to prove to you prove know, that he could that he could do it. And I mean, he <laughs> literally he went out and he proved it. It, it. it takes that like half cocky, half super confident type role even though he is kind of quiet yeah but he does have that that mentality that you need to be a stud quarterback in the nfl and i think that really being able to show like i'm gonna wait and in, in 
Southern California, wait for it to pour. Yeah. So I can throw in it. Like that says a lot coming from where he was playing. So. It does. And like you said, uh, looking at the past quarterbacks who they may have drafted, whether it be a Brandon Whedon or a Johnny Manziel or, you know, whoever it may be, you know, those guys aren't really level headed. They never really were that highly touted of an pure NFL pocket passing quarterback who is, like you said, is level-headed, quiet. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's just there to get the job done. Honestly, very similar to Joe Thomas, who was there at the left tackle spot for all those years who just retired in Cleveland. So like you said, John Dorsey, I think is going to be a no-nonsense guy. He's going to want a young kid, sit behind Tyrod Taylor, a vet for a year, get the coaching in, play with those other guys. And that's, that's about that. So he's, he's, he's not going to be an, an in your face leader. Like some people might see like, like for obviously we all know how, how Brady is. And like, he's not going to, he's going to, oh, yeah, if he needs to scream at you on, in front of the camera on Sunday night football in front of everybody, but, or not, it, right. it all depends. He's but not going to be Cam he's Newton. Not, he's not going to be that guy. He's not right. going to be showing up anybody. He's not going to, he's going to, I've heard he's like one of the best, like at his age, pure leaders of like one-on-one leadership and talking with a receiver and saying what he, what they want with their approach or kind of helping him step through with right. what maybe the, what he needs to work on or something like that. That's where I've heard he, he really excels and he proves to be much more mature than his age. Yeah. And so I think Sam Darnold um, kind of, he kind of fell off for a little bit, I think. And now his team is picking up again, uh, like it did in the off season last year. Um, so real quick, uh, after the Jets made the trade to three, what do you guys think the top five is in the draft as of right now? Uh, number one pick, Sam Donald. We've been over it. Number two, no, I, you'll be able to talk about this the most because it's so fascinating, but they have so many options, the Giants. I think I would trade down to six if they can. The Bills are going to throw them the franchise, I think. They're going to throw the kitchen sink, but at 12, you're not going to get the blue chip, so – I think I would stay and draft Saquon. I think I would. But <laughs> the thing is, well, no, person for them, Saquon. For me, I would go Rosen, but I don't think that's the direction they're going. Yeah. I think they're going to give Eli the team. Then at three, the Jets, I have Josh Rosen there. I think natural fit. I'm scared as a Patriots fan if they get Rosen. I, I, I think that would be the best quarterback in the AFC East besides Brady and Garoppolo and Matt Castle and Jacoby. Oh, no, sorry. But uh, <laughs> very good quarterback. And then – Brian Hoyer, forgot him. Brian Hoyer. Kyle Oletta. Uh, <laughs> but uh, pick four, the Browns. I think they stay put, and they pick either Chubb or Nelson. Get the blue chipper. That's what – Brown, just keep adding talent. You get If you have Garrett and Chubb, that's a hell of a duo. If you get Nelson, just add talent, even if you don't need a guy. No, but now you're you're assuming that the Giants take Barkley there and that they don't trade Correct. down and that Barkley's not available. Yeah. I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. And then five – Actually, the Broncos, if all the quarterbacks are kind of gone and they're not in the Mayfield, I think Elway's obsessed with cornerbacks. I think he would actually try to take Denzel Ward, play him in the play him on the outside or slot, have him and Harris mix over there with Bradley Roby. I think that'd be a surprise draft pick. I can't really get a read on the Broncos if they're not going QB. I agree. I think um, you made a good point. And John Elway has drafted uh, Ohio State corners before, um, he like he did with Bradley Roby. So, Ken, what do you got? Um, very similar. I'm going to anticipate the, the bills trading up to that two spot. Ooh, baby. Yep. Yeah. I, I just, I just see it happening. I think the giants would honestly might, I mean, obviously it's tough. It's Barkley or, or 
everything that the Bills have. And I agree with you, and here's why real quick. I think it's everything the Bills have this year and next year's one, and I'll tell you why. And I think – Might get another pick, I'm telling you. I think, That's what I'm saying. I think it's it gonna is. Be, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be all their picks. It's going to be 12, 22. They're two seconds. They're third. 2019-1. Yes. Yep. 2019-3 or 4. And that's that's got and it, the thing is, how do you, you know, not take that if you're Dave Gettleman trying to thing. build your own team as and you're trying to make your mark as that's my point, as, and, and that's, that's why it's a perfect fit for I think I think it personally going off that real quick I think it'd be Josh Allen I think Josh Allen needs the most work he needs the most time oh he, I agree he's McCarron for two yep. years and they've already expressed their their love for Allen so there you I go so he has the arm for the cold outdoors of Buffalo I think that would be it personally. and that's and that's where I have it going so. as I have Darnold at one. Uh, Allen to the to the Bills at two, Rosen to the Jets at three, which is what I'm hoping for, but also what I kind of see happening. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously I'm going to jump to Barkley at at four if he's. Um, I'm assuming he's still there. Well, wow, they'd be having a fiesta for the Browns. Wow. That, that right? Imagine. But then, this is where it gets tricky. Is like you were saying, like, do they go Mayfield even though they had took some like got Keenum who's like. A lot of times, like you see that comp is like right. baked to Keenum. Do you really want two of the same? I my question for you guys is: is Do you think there's a chance that, like, if he sits there and he says, "I wanted a quarterback, but there's nothing here that I like," do you think there's a chance he trades down because that's going to be valuable to a couple teams? The Dolphins. That the, the Dolphins. Dolphins were exactly who I was thinking yeah. of, and I was curious if you think he would trade down or he was he's too much of like a uh, an ego guy where he's like i'm getting my guy at five i don't care i think he'd want the blue chip player but yeah, yeah elway doesn't strike me as the trade down gm he's like the opposite that's why that's why it's tough for me but i think in my official mock i think i would have him trade down to the broncos if mayfield's there i think with I think the, dolphins, the, dolphins, the dolphins oh yeah yeah my bad yes yeah, oh, yeah. it's okay yeah just just making sure. I, yeah, agree. I agree I, I think uh one guy and i'll work from the back up um i oh. think if if they didn't trade back with like the Dolphins, I think if they did that, Kenny, I think that they take Bradley Chubb at five. Yeah, I think John Elway loves the pass rushers, <laughs> Shane Miller Ray, and Miller and Chubb, exactly. Uh, that'd be scary. Get that defense back in intact. I think corner is deep enough for them in this draft that they could go and get that somewhere else. Um, I think he may be the guy if they don't trade down. Going off of that, I'll pop pop back up to one um, just to rework it. Then you got Darnold, I think, is the no-brainer number one. Let's just assume the Giants keep their pick at two. I'm going to say it, it will be Saquon Barkley at that point. Um, number three would be um, the Jets. I think they take Rosen, no doubt about it. Number four, uh, the Browns, again, I think they take Josh Allen just to make sure they don't th- – no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I think at four, uh, I think I think they would – now I'm I obviously went backwards, so I'm assuming they would pass on Bradley Chubb, although I don't think that they would. But I think there maybe they would go Minka Fitzpatrick. Um I could only, see that. Be, only because I think he he fits what they're trying to do. He could play Peppers a little bit more uh down in the box. Um and I think Minka Fitzpatrick is also a very, very good football player who um who is honestly worthy of that top five pick. Um and I think people are overthinking it a little bit. And then, like I said, Bradley Chubb at five to Denver. But I could also see both those guys flip-flopping, four and five. I could see Chubb going to the Browns, Fitzpatrick going to, to, to the um, to the Broncos. Also, Steve Dark Horse for the Broncos, Derwin James. Um, Definitely. So. 
yeah, I could see a couple different things happening. So interesting. So that is that. Anybody have any final thoughts? Yeah, just uh, going back to running back. Yeah. Uh, if anyone has a few sleepers because it's a super deep class, just quick. Uh, obviously in the Super Bowl, Corey Clement almost yeah. could have been MVP, destroyed us. Mm-hmm. That is Super Bowl before that, James White, three touchdowns. That role is so yeah. important. And then Akron Wildly out of Iowa, I think can be that guy. Justin Jackson, Northwestern, Naeem Hines out of Mike again. Oh, no. Now you're good. No, now you're good. Just technical difficulties. Don't you worry. You know, the Wadley's my guy. They don't want the world to know. But yeah, so those three backs, you can get them in rounds three to five. And I think they all could be similar to Deion Lewis, Shane Vereen type guys, just shifty. Get them in the pass only situations, can make plays happen. I'm, I'm a big fan of those three. So you had you had Wadley, and then who were the two before that? You you missed those. That's when the mic cut oh, out. My, Justin Jackson, Northwestern, a great agility and receiver. And then Naheem Hines, if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, from NC State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all all that similar type of satellite scat back. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jackson's been my guy that I've kind of had like a crush on for. You introduced me to him. You get the yep. credit. I'll be yeah. right. So that was the guy that I. Uh, the first time I actually like really saw him, I saw him play at the uh, oh, what bowl is that? The bowl, the bowl at Yankee Stadium, oh, the pinstripe, pinstripe bowl. bowl. Cool. I saw him play against Pitt, and that was something that like I I knew of him, didn't wasn't really like didn't know of his game, and all of a sudden I'm watching this, I'm like, this kid is unbelievable. Like this kid is beyond. Like he was shifty. Like he made people miss. Like my eyes literally just went wide open as soon as he just started like going he would get an open field and you just knew there was no chance yeah and i just i think he's someone that a lot of people have him really low and he is limited because he's not a run he's not going to be a runner in this league he's going to be but he fits into receiving the receiving role that the McCaffrey. that the nfl is kind of molding into now so i think he's going to have a role and i think we're going to be surprised somewhere in those first couple of weeks i think he's actually going to step in depending on what team he goes to but a team that needs that type of player, I think he can he'll step in day one and can actually make a difference. Uh, two guys I have uh, local kid from New York, uh, Fordham running back Chase Edmonds. Oh, he's uh, Love him. Yeah, he I, I like him a lot. Quick, shifty, fast, uh, quick twitch guy. Uh, like him a lot out of Fordham. Of course, lower level D one AA, but you know we've seen that pan out time and time again. And then um, I think I think he'll get a legit shot too. Um, I think another guy. I like um, is I watch a lot of Notre Dame football, but Josh Adams. Um, there's a reason. I mean, he was in the Heisman conversation. Could um, it be because of the offensive line? And a lot of people will say that. That's you know? what I'm and asking. I, that's I why think, I'm asking yeah. you watch a lot. Um, of it. And I think no, that's obviously a factor. But that's a factor. You could make that argument about Ezekiel Elliott too. You know, is Ezekiel Elliott good because of his offensive line? You know, um, same thing with Le'Veon Bell. I mean. Yeah, they're they're great running backs. I'm not saying that Josh Adams will be a great running back. I think he will be a, a dark horse sleeper because I think a lot of people will forget about him. But I do think he is a good running back. He's powerful. He's a big dude. Um, he's long. He is a little high when he runs, but I, I like him a lot. He's a powerful guy. Um, and I could see him succeeding in the league. I think a lot of people forget about him. So that's that's it. So, yeah, next week. We'll definitely maybe go defensive side of the ball with the cornerbacks. Another awesome position to talk about. Yep. A grand old time. And uh, this episode definitely went smoother than last time. You know, Mike Mike tried to ruin it, but he stayed he stayed tough. I respect Mr. Mike. And uh, awesome. All right. 
that is it for episode number three of season two, our free agency review and our running back review. Peace out. See you guys next.